All right, all right, all right. Long ago. The four members of Semi-Bookish lived together in harmony. Then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, which <laughs> nation are we? Is there going to be some clever library? I know, I was going to say, who is the Fire Nation? We could, if we could, like, Taxpayers? Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, we all lived in harmony until Chernobyl left us. <laughs> I should have rewritten this entire thing to this really gratuitous, oh, glorious the intro. Fire Nation. Yes. <laughs> Poor Jen. Oh, my God. You know. I could Wait, is Jen honest? No, Noble? No, Noble, yeah. No, She'd she... make a... Jen honestly, Noble, you are Fire Lady Ozai. She would make a fantastic Azula cosplay. Oh my god, she's she would! She's too, too mentally stable. Too mentally stable for, or for Azula, though. Like, she's got to be Ozai. She's a theater person! Uh, she honestly, could totally be Azula. Honestly, Azula's more mentally stable than her father. You think? Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. I think he's... I mean... Guano? Oh, see, that's a good. Mm. Listen, we'll listeners, if this doesn't give you a hint into what today's episode yeah, is about, I, I yes. don't know what to oh, tell that's, you. That's Star Wars. That's I would not. Star Wars. <laughs> no. Do you see these keys? Star Wars I'm is magical them at you. I've been thinking about actually, like when you were walking down here, I'm like, man, when the intro, we should do like a intro for this, like meow, 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 meow. Anyways, I'm joined here today with my others, other semi-bookish cohorts. Um, Lord Ish, that's Grant, Mouth from the South, Tony, and the Supreme Overlord. You know her, you love her, that's Aaron. And also a Supreme Overlord of the Earth Tribe, what's up? Yep. Ooh. I'd be an Earth We need to have thing. that conversation okay. too. First of all, <laughs> thou shalt not evoke Kuvira's name this early in the episode, okay? Because when I tell you the angriest I ever get watching those shows is the mention of her name, but we will get there. Mm -hmm. We will get there. So, before anything else, what are we all reading today? What are we reading? Playing. Wait, what's but I, think, but I think, wait, first, before Grant says what he's entertained by, I think he has to mention the name that was not mentioned. Oh, yes. Oh, and I'm Andy, a.k.a. Wait. wait. Dungeon Daddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. <laughs> The dungeon daddy. I'll have to. I had to look through the voices and everything. I, had to be uh, I can't say too much more. Did you record a voice for that? No, no, it's a robot voice. I just Dang it. text to speech. <laughs> no more words about it. But that that T-shirt that I shared in the Meep Thorpe, the yeah. dungeon dungeon mm -hmm. daddy, gelatinous cube. The one that <laughs> I literally need to throw you out the window for. I, I would pay you to wear that. I won't wear it here. No, I here. Anyways, what are we all reading, playing, watching? Grant, go. Uh, <laughs> I am reading um, Rest and Be Thankful by Emma Glass. Hmm. Oh. Um, oh. That is not your usual. No. You don't think so? No. Okay. okay. What, what is it about? If okay. this is meditative, I'm going to say, no, Grant, it is not your <laughs> Okay, so um, it's a fairly harrowing tale of a few days in the life of a pediatric nurse in England. I'm sorry, well, um, carry on. Who are you and what did you do with Lord This Ish? isn't what he normally reads. No, no, I mean, I, 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 it's it's told in a very poetic style. Um, you're really putting her <coughs> mind. Um, it's, you're like, uh, like I, I, it makes me want to work in a hospital even less. <laughs> <laughs> especially, especially a kid hospital. 
Oh, oh sure. Ouch. Oh, yeah. Lots and lots of tough situations arise. Yeah. Um, no, I can picture that. It, it, it is, it kind of alternates between, between being, like, harshly realistic and weirdly dreamlike, because, like, she's oh. not getting a lot of sleep. She sees things that she might, that might not be there. She, when I last stopped reading, she got attacked by a crow. I guess. Maybe. Like a crow? Like a crow. Like a physical bird? In the middle of the day. <laughs> it, it, it's, an, it's an interesting book. It's not very long. Um, okay. It is very good so far. Um, and as far as like other things, nothing really comes to mind. Miss hmm. Tony. Uh, my reading, I wouldn't say that I'm in a slump, but I'm waffling between a few things, and I don't really know what I'm reading per se. I will say that I read the opening chapter of a couple of books the other night that made me just geek out so I think I am going to do what I intended to do especially after making a rather large purchase this morning. Um, So I think I'm going to... An accident? Part of it was on accident. The other part was fully intentioned. So so you're fully intending to do the two-day thing? Listen, I requested a cancellation and they told me, no, your package is already shipped, which makes sense because they have to get it here in two days. So that's fair. I accept my fate. I'm okay with it because I wanted the books anyway. There's a book series that was precious to me at 12 um, called the Jedi Apprentice series. I think the only thing I read more than that was the Chronicles of Narnia. So then the 20 volume Jedi Apprentice series follows the adventures of a young Padawan learner by the name of Obi-Wan Kenobi who, you know, learns how to be a Jedi. This is all pre-episode one, but it's fun and fascinating and moving and interesting and it was it was my jam when I was 12 and I don't have a complete set. And oh. I found a link to, a, to the whole rundown um, the other day and literally emailed myself the link and said, complete your set, girl, in all caps. So, I have done that. So I think I'm going to dive deep into those. That's going to be my reading for until I'm done with them. Because right now, I'm not really reading anything. However, to keep on the Star Wars train for just a small moment more, um, the most recent episode of Andor I watched this morning, and any of you people who are not watching Andor, any of you people who chose to watch that crazy, stupid dragon show, but did not watch Andor, first of all, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Second of all, cleanse your minds and your psyches by watching Andor. Trust me, trust me, I I am proselytizing for this show. Moral of the story, watch Andor. It's so good, it's so good. I'm only it three is. episodes in, and I'll back you up. Like, it's my favorite live-action Star Wars since it Rogue One, and before that, Revenge of the Sith. May well be my favorite TV show that isn't a sitcom. Really? Ooh, Ooh that is some strong words there. It's that good. Like, it's it the the tone is exact. Okay, so here's the thing. I love TV shows. I love a TV show that does everything that it intends to do. So even if it fails on some some things. So like, for example, The Mandalorian Seasons 1 and 2. Love what they're doing because they're doing what they want to do and they do it with flair. However, there's some faulty execution in both seasons. Fine, whatever. 
that keeps it from being, you know, a great show in my opinion. Andor does not suffer from these problems. It is a fantastic show. Stem to stern. It just, it, it does all the things. It, it, it bleh, anyway, I've gone on enough about that. The other thing that I'm going to go on about switches fandoms entirely. Fantastic. Because um, Aaron and I have this in common this week because I spent literally my entire weekend and last <laughs> night um, beating up citizens of Gotham who are yes. criminals. Um, Made so me so I'm, happy. Yes, I am playing the new Gotham Knights. Um, it feels so good <coughs> to play a game that I bought an entire new system for um, to play. Like, I'm playing the game and I'm having a really good time doing it. And you should too. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, that's me. That's what I'm doing right now. That's, that, that's the entertainment that's entertaining me right now. Aaron. Yes. Uh, I'll start with what I'm reading first, and that'll get into the Gotham Knights thing. Cause, like, oh, it's so good. Cause so many thoughts. But anyways, uh, right now I'm reading another by uh, Kikito Ayatsuji, which is... Oh, cool. So Anime? It is an anime, okay. but there's a light novel of what it is, and there's also a manga of it. Uh, so it is a mystery horror type thing. Um, essentially how it works is... Uh, years ago, decades ago, uh, there was a tragedy that befell a middle school classroom. Did the Fire Nation attack? Yeah, the Fire Nation attacked. Somebody died. Damn Fire Nation. And <laughs> the teens in the class decided that they didn't want to really deal with the trauma of having to grieve over their classmate. So they literally pretended for the rest of the year that that classmate was still alive. They kept his desk open. They didn't let anybody, like, um sit in his desk they didn't let anybody replace him they just continued pretending that he was alive and within the classroom <laughs> everything was fine and then they took their uh final school year class picture and he appeared in the picture so he was just there <laughs> see but what it gets worse because day like the next year uh some stuff happened and all of a sudden people just started dying in the class like, the next year, people just started dying for no reason whatsoever. Everything went back to normal. I say normal loosely because everyone's dying, obviously. The classmates were dying. Friends and family close to those classmates were dying. Depending on how lucky you were, you could survive the whole entire year. And for years, nobody could figure out why. Um, so what they... It was the Shinigami, wasn't it? He lost his death note. Yeah, sure. No, so uh, as eventually uh, they decided that the only way to mitigate this calamity from happening every year is the year before when you get your yearly assignment of what classroom you're going to be in. Mm -hmm. Usually it's just like, let's say it's class 2C. 2C goes to 3C automatically. Nobody else comes in. But if like it's mixed up, those kids have to get together and they have to pick one person that year and that person gets ignored the whole year and is pretended that they don't exist. Right. Until around 1998, a random student, he acts, he, in the middle of the school year, transfers into the class. And so they're going to tell him the rules, but he doesn't realize the rules and he screws up before they even begin to tell him what they are. And he acknowledges the person that has been selected to not exist because for of the year. he does. And so, therefore, the whole entire calamity begins, and now him and that person are kind of on a race on the clock to figure out how they can stop the calamity from happening for the rest of the year and how they can save the rest of their classmates. 
Uh, it turns out, it's kind of spoiler alert, but not really because this thing has been out since 2009, so if you haven't watched it yet already, maybe you should. Wait, I've never even heard of it! Right? No, you cannot spoil it! I'm not spoiling the whole... I what happens! You want to know what happens so you don't want me to yeah, spoil it? Yeah, don't know! Okay. Yeah, so basically the calamity happens, um, and I say that the culmination, the climax, the whole entire thing is a giant Hunger Games Battle Royale sequence... In the middle of the woods in a mansion during a class trip. <laughs> what the? Yeah, I'm not kidding. Um, there, there. I watched the anime first, okay. like years ago, and then I figured out that there was a novel and a manga. So now I'm kind of reading them. Okay. Turns out next month there's a sequel coming out. So I ordered the first one. So we're getting the book. We're getting the book next month, and then we're getting the sequel after that. Okay. So everyone else can suffer with me. Alright, alright. Uh, Game-wise, I'm playing Gotham Knights, and I found out that I really, really love uh, Tim Drake. Um, you would. <laughs> he is my son. He is my child. We are kin. It is a thing now. It's, it's canon. Listen, um, with Jason Todd standing right there, I don't know how you can pay attention to anybody else in the game. Cause There's Richard. Oh, no, he, he's cute. No, but what I mean but, is like... Ooh. like if I would be any character, I would, like, despite the fact that I think I'm Barbara Gordon in real life, I would probably actually be Tim, just because I mentally, like, coexist with him very well. I can see that. Um, Tim's pretty nerdy in this game, which I actually really appreciate, because yes. most of the time, Tim is just the, the kid who gets to be Robin, which is just bad writing, because... You know, no, his character is DC really writers cool. who invented Tim Drake were like, we invented Tim Drake, and then the fandom went... So? He's no, still he's, Robin. He's really adorable. He's really nerdy about things, which is really cool. Um, but he also carries around a staff that expands. And that is like my favorite weapon. Wasn't that in... given to him by Lady Shiva too? I believe so. But it's my favorite weapon in the whole game besides the Tomfa that Babs has. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't remember. It's, it's pretty cool. Like, I like the extremistics that uh, Nightwing, Nightwing has. Dick. Yeah. But, like, no offense to Jason Todd, I love you with all my heart. I just can't do the guns thing. I just can't. You realize the bullets aren't, that they're, like... Um... No, I, it's, it's the tank style of fighting. I just can't do the guns. Oh, I just oh, can't okay. do the gunslinging. He doesn't That's because you haven't played all the Arkham games like I have. No, he doesn't evade well for me as well as Babs evades for me when I press the evade button. She, her and Tim evade faster than Jason does. And it, for my button mashing style and how I play, as I've explained to Tony multiple times, which is give everyone the runaround like multiple times and hit the evade button all the time. Yeah. <laughs> they fit me well, but he doesn't. But I love playing him because I get a good view every time I do it. Amen. A Amen. <laughs> the game designers are a whole bunch of queer people, and you can tell me that the you game designers tell me that they're not. understood the assignment. They really did. And I'd like to know it's what Andy's looking at. Ridiculous. Um, I was just realizing as we're talking, I needed to update my Goodreads reading. Currently reading. Yes. What are you um, reading? I just finished a few days ago Court of Mist and Fury. I need to throw that, throw that out there for anyone who cares to know a little bit about my Akotar dive. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. There's a fandom. Um, <laughs> Are you enjoying your Akotar? I very much am. Um, there is, like, the second book is, I mean, there are tropes in there that are, like, making me like, oh, 
like kind of grown a little bit. However, we narrow romance novels, right? Um, <laughs> but it's really fascinating. I like the world building. I like I like the characters, mm-hmm. even the ones that kind of make me groan a little bit. I'm like, no, sure. I like you. Oh. Um, it's a little steamier. But in the first book, whatever, it was steamy I enough. I heard the second but one. But the second one, I get... And there's a, yeah. there's someone that was telling me they're looking into reading it. Mm-hmm. And I'm blushing at the idea of them reading it. <laughs> okay. It, um, it's that's a patron. Interesting. Oh, it's a patron. Oh, okay. All right. I thought you were cleverly referencing your girlfriend. And I was like, no, no, uh, no. No, it's probably a patron that Andy doesn't really... I'm not going to say their name out loud, because obviously... No, no, that's no. fine. That's they fine. probably just, like, oh, it's out of their wheelhouse that Andy normally sees them read in, and so now that they're thinking about it, Andy's Listen. like, are you kidding me? Listen. No, thank you, please well, they, don't. They, they pushed me to read Holly Black's The Cruel Prince. Does that ring a bell? Oh. I believe so. I believe, yeah. it's, I believe so. Okay. 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 And I'm blushing at the idea of that patron, like, not ready for this. Well, they're a fantasy reader, aren't they? So, therefore, um, I, did, I feel like they'd be fine, yeah. especially because they're Cruel Prince. They'll be fine. It's not that bad, though. That's kind yeah. of it's it's fun, but it's in trust that me. Apartment. They're in that wheelhouse. They'll be fine. Yeah. They'll be well, fine. yeah, with all the magic stuff. You know, you, your girl has been on book talk. They'll be fine. That's probably true. That could be yeah. Anyway, I'm currently reading though, and I I, I put it off, put it on hold for a minute. Just I was going to try to rush and find the other two. And read them, but I couldn't find them on audiobook quick enough for my liking. Mm. So I'm just going to go ahead and read the Golden Enclaves, and review it. Because oh, um, I, right. yeah. based on a couple of conversation points, I'm like, no, I need to, I you need to other two. Yeah, um, and I will talk more about that when I've actually gotten submit substantially into it. Okay. Um, I am reading though currently Anne Rice's Servant of the Bones and graphic novel. Oh yeah, you're um, yeah. Which I'm gonna probably go back after I finished enclaves the golden enclaves um young male protagonist jewish raised in babylon he's taken on like the gods of babylon at the time he worships a god called marduk as his personal god while still acknowledging yahweh um at some point he runs afoul (laughs) of some of the um hebrew elders in babylon yeah you would if you were trying to worship marduk and but you know they did do that Anyway, biblically speaking. But they they trick him into dressing as... There's a whole little political thing going on there, too, where um, Cyrus the Great, um, mm-hmm. he comes into town, and he wants the god Marduk to be next to him. So they paint this Jewish kid solid gold, with gold, and he has to move and walk and interact with this god for like two whole days. It's this torturous process as he's wearing the gold, slowly dying from the poisoning elements of how they prepare him mm-hmm. for this. But, you know, after the whole ceremonies with Cyrus are done, they're like, nope. Boop. They push him into a cauldron. And there's this old Jewish hag who's in there singing these little mystical things. And... Next thing you know, he's his bolt, his bones. He's like he melts, he burns, he melts in this cauldron. His bones stay intact, and they absorb all the gold. So like the bones are now gold, and he awakens as a incorporeal spirit that can basically a genie. That when people call him forth from the bones, he's supposed to serve them. Uh, and a couple different times he does serve them, but. More often than not, when he gets called forth, he just slaughters whoever called him forth. Um, <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Yeah. But the story opens up to with someone who's the death of a young woman. Like, he's been in the bones for how many years, and all of a sudden he just wakens 
and he's instantly drawn to this incident where the girl just got, young lady just got shot to death. Mm. And as she's, her last few breaths, she makes a reference to, oh, you know, to his name in the book. Mm -hmm. And some of the people that were, you know, caring for her as she died told her father, wah, wah, big bad. Um, mm -hmm. It's, it's really quite neat. Um, yeah. And I'm forgetting. It actually makes me want to read the book book now. It's. It was very different from like, and I was really into the vampire stuff at the time, but it was so different, and it also led me to Ramsey's The Damned or The Mummy, whichever title oh, yeah. you want to go with, mm -hmm. which I think talking to you maybe there are there's there are there's sequels three now, yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, oh, <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's graphic novel Servant of the Bones by Anne Rice. Beautiful artwork, beautiful story. Who does the artwork? Um, I'm sure it's good. Let me look it up. Um, oh, Renee Deliz. Oh, nice. I've never... But it's good. And I had to get it from Melcat. So that's what I'm reading. Melcat, Melcat. Not really watching anything right now, but... Melcat, Melcat. <laughs> Thank you. No, I, I was thinking Dora, but Melcat... So let's get it out of the way. We're talking about Avatar The Last Airbender. We and are. If I you we were think about Star Wars. When we say Avatar, we have to say Last Airbender or Legend of Korra because if you're thinking about blue-skinned aliens, stop listening. You don't deserve to listen to semi-bookers anymore. We're talking about ATLA. Yeah, I like the alien people world. Okay, you can thing. keep listening, and assuming you didn't turn it off already, <laughs> and keep listening and be educated. And we're going to teach you a little something about Avatar one, The Last Airbender. Yeah, one is a fantasy property, one is a science fiction property. You one's know. good, one's... Oh, you don't you dare. Do I need to get popcorn? As much as, as, much I, as I agree that... You think Chelsea will make me popcorn if I ask? As much as I agree that James Cameron's Avatar she really is... She appearance. <laughs> ...tropey and somewhat nonsensical, it's like, it just it rips looks. off so much, but I still love it. It's Pocahontas it's, in space. I, can, I always said dances with wolves. If I wanna, sure. Yeah. yeah, that's the whole point. I might as well just watch some video game cutscenes. You know? like, to, to me, anyways, like it has zero rewatchability. But when the, it's it's visually stunning. I like rewatching. That's yeah. what we were told when it came no, out. No, it's we not. No, 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 no. And then we it's tried still. to watch it again, and then we... I've seen it several okay. times really since then. Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> what? I can't even... I can't, let's, I can't talk, let's, let's talk about... Uh, okay, really quick, show, really quick. <laughs> Tony, what is Avatar? The, the Last Airbender Legend Core. Give us... A, in, a, in a nutshell. What? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, the Avatar The Last Airbender is the story of... Oh my gosh, how am I supposed to describe this? It's a pseudo-fictional Asian-inspired region in which... Pseudo-fictional. Entirely fictional. <laughs> no, I, I think it's it's based on... Never mind. But it's, it's a fantasy story. Yeah. Yeah, in the same way that Middle Earth is based on Norse... And but there are like middle. there are essays out there that liken each region too. So I mean, oh, it's still sure. fictional. But I mean, even like the martial arts forms are broken down to. I mean, it's heavily inspired by Asian cultures. Which it's a shame on you, M Night Shyamalan, for not. And we'll Especially talk about later. being someone of Asian descent. Yeah. Wait, are we going to talk about the movie which must not be not named? Yet, not yet. We're not yet. Okay, so yes, it, it is a fantasy story in which uh, you know a young hero is frozen for a hundred years. Uh, beneath 
the water and during that 100 years the one nation known as the fire nation attacks all other nations and subdues them um creating havoc and throwing the world out of balance hero is unbroken from the ice still as a child of what like 10 like 10 12 years old now yes and but it's been 100 years and he his job as the avatar is to learn all four elements of earth He's fire 12. water and air um, and how to magically bend them, as, the, as it is known, um, so that he can bring balance to, not the force, <laughs> but bring balance to the world by being the only person who can wield all of those. That was the clumsiest no, it, way of describing It's that hard story. because I, I didn't want to do it because it was going to be equally or worse. Um, equally if you want to know worse. how, yeah. go watch... A video, a small YouTube video. It's probably twelve seconds long of the intro to, yeah, the, to the Avatar because it tells you in at the beginning of every episode. It tells you exactly and what that you're is for. That is a really yeah. beautiful in- intro little vis- visual too. Where you have the the silhouettes of four people mm-hmm. coming out and bending. And, mm-hmm. and you have a TLDR of it. Hmm? The what? TLDR of the whole entire summary of ATLA is a boy gets broken out of ice and must combine all their power together to make everything happy again. You're welcome. That's your really bad <laughs> summary. But it's like all the, the bending of elements, which are earth, are air, fire, water, earth, um, they're accomplished uh, through martial arts. That's how they channel and focus and draw their energy, which is always mm-hmm. kind of trippy on me because you, you get some people that do like a little flicker of their wrist and they do something and like everyone else has to learn through decent training it's an um, interesting power scale. There's a wonderful video out there. Oh, I'm trying to remember who. Savage Books. Yes. So Savage Books, he does a lot of videos about a lot of story to things, but he does one on power scaling in Avatar The Last Airbender that is really, really genius because he he basically breaks down that very thing that you just said, mm-hmm. uh, how the show uses those visual cues to clue you into who is powerful so that Hmm. you understand Iroh's power not because you see him using it all the time but because when you see him use a certain power he has to the the example that's given is the lightning channeling thing and the differences between when he channels, when Zuko channels, when Azula channels and when the Fire Lord channels Mm -hmm. and how all four of them use a varying technique to channel lightning despite Iroh being the one to explain to you the the peop- the audience what the technique is because he's explaining it to Zuko so the, the levels of con- concentration that each of them require to pull off an extremely advanced firebending technique mm-hmm. is a, is a, an entire lesson in the power scaling in that in that show which is Something for the oh, I was gonna say something for the listeners too. That it, if you're avatar savvy, it's great. But some of you probably are not. So um, the avatar specifically is the person that can in this world, different people can bend different elements, but they can only bend one element. Correct. The avatar is a manifestation of somebody that can bend all four elements. There can only be one avatar at a time, mm-hmm. and when one dies, it's it. A la the you know kind of like the Dalai Lama. We're reincarnating. They go, 
they they reincarnate yeah. mm-hmm. and they there's so many parallels to like the Dalai Lama to the avatar like how they go find them they they test the the next Dalai Lama by like putting artifacts in front of them and seeing which belonged to the previous Dalai Lama I did not know that actually. um which Tenzin and Gyatso mm-hmm. that's the Dalai Lama's like real name I didn't know that either I think it's Gyatso it's I know it's Tenzin but I'd have to look up the other one um We'll That's funny because neither of them are avatars. <laughs> so you have but, you have that one person that can bend every single time, that mm-hmm. bend all four elements. Um, so that's the significance of the little boy breaking out of the iceberg. Because in the past, he was he was told by his airbending masters and elders, "You are the avatar." He's like, "Not, I don't want to be the avatar. This is too much for me. I'm ten. I'm out. I'm twelve. I'm out." Um, so he goes off and well. Hundred years later, he comes out of you know the ice, and you, know, you have to watch to figure out exactly how that that all transpired. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to bring up because I want to bring up that specific note. The first series, Avatar: The Last Airbender, focuses on Aang, the last Airbender, because all of his people were killed by the Fire Nation, vile um, people that they are. And then you have a second series, a follow-up, which is about seventy years in the future. Um, and it follows the next iteration of the Avatar, led the Avatar Korra, who there is within the fandom, and this is actually on that note, the fandom Slice within Avatar The Last Starbender is beautiful. If you don't like Star Wars fandom, you don't like Star Trek fandom, you don't like all these other fandoms, <laughs> if, you want a, if you want a safe haven, come get yeah. Come join the if Avatar. If you don't want a toxic fandom, I yeah. think Avatar's a very good non-toxic. I don't know how they manage it, honestly. Give it time. Because no, they shut I mean, it down. It's been it's been long enough. Like after the Last Airbender's been on since yeah. when, when did it first air? Like in the early two thousands. It's been around for a while. We'll see if the wholesomeness of the community will survive through the whole Netflix saga. I was you know, oh yeah, that's oh, true. I forgot. Oh, <laughs> I forgot. But you know what? I feel like yeah, yeah I don't know. Two thousand five. Two thousand five. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting how wholesome. The um, the Avatar: The Last Airbender fandom has been. I don't know how that how that works. Um, it's 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 magical. I think it's because it, it, it's getting into fandom uh, nitty gritties here. I think it's more so because their fandom is very mature in terms of there's a lot of the older fandom people that are in there in the Avatar fandom. Uh, um. You can tell you're not in the Star Wars fandom, no. honey. No. no, 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 no. Age ain't nothing but a number. <laughs> yeah, that's because Star Wars has a lot more issues than just the age of their fandom. That's a Wait, whole other thing. It, is it the specific generation? Yeah, it's more of the generational okay. thing. Um, it, okay. Because when you talk about the Star Wars fan, I'm not going to change this into the fandom topic. Ah! That is for another episode. We'll get but there. when you talk about the Star Wars fandom in general, you often see a giant, bigger age, There's a huge generational age, gap between, so like, yeah. each iteration has a differing age gap. So, like, you have, like, the current generation of Star Wars fans versus, like, the oldest generation of Star yeah. Wars fans. And there's a lot of, like, combative issues between the two of them. But when you talk about Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, they happen so, not really that close together, but they happen so much closer together that the generational gaps that would have occurred 
if it had been like decades later. That's actually an interesting point. Don't yeah. exactly occur within the Avatar fandom. So all the new people coming in get a more relaxed sense because everyone's kind of already settled into, yeah, sure, we can just kind of take this as it goes. Uh, they're a lot yeah. more accepting of any type of other iteration of Avatar things that are happening. I also think that because the core fan base was were children, exactly, it was a car, it was. No, it was Nickelodeon. It was a Nickelodeon property. It was a Nickelodeon um, property. So d- adults did not watch it when it but was But those on kids the air. that grew up kids like did. those kids that grew up into that fandom mm-hmm. aren't going to be as toxic then as if like I say this is the Star Trek fandom, which was made originally for adults, and then you get all the excuse my, you know, calling out of different types of people. You got your nerdy boys over here who like to gatekeep their properties. And then you turn around and you have the newer generations of fans coming in and they're like, yeah, but did you watch this episode on this date from this I season? Mean, be, and you're like, are be you kidding? Fair, to be fair, I will say this. I will say that I imagine that if you gathered a whole bunch of Avatar The Last Airbender fans in a room and then someone walked in and was like, oh my gosh, I love that M. Night Shyamalan movie we would quickly, we would either, actually, I think the what only toxicity is that in the we would fandom sit them down, we would actually sit them down and be like, no, watch the real thing, and you don't yeah. come out until you're done. Like, but, like, I feel like that's the only, like, is what We will feed them, we will care for them, they will be comfortable, we want the experience to be. Exactly. I can say that from experience, because that's what my brother and my cousin did to me. They were huge. Now, you have to understand something. My brother and I are both super nerds, right? Geeks. Fair. Fair. But I was always the geekier of the two of us. I was mm-hmm. the one that stayed awake when we first watched Star Wars. I was the one who stayed awake when we watched the trilogy. I was the one that went to go see it at the movies. Like, I was the chief yeah. geek. <laughs> of the household. Of the household. Like, that was my tag, right? So, when I found out, and I think I was in college when I found out that my brother and my cousin, who is not a nerd, she's not a geek at all, fell in love with this fantasy cartoon, I was like, I'm sorry, what are you talking? Really? Because the movie was coming out. And they were like, excited to go see the movie. And I was like, wait, but you like Avatar? But you're not even a nerd. What is wrong with you? And she was like, excuse me, you haven't seen the show. Go away. And so then my brother and I go see this movie. I had not seen the show. Right. So seeing the movie, I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. bad. All right, that was fun. And my brother was like, Disgrace. Sit thou down and don't talk to me until you've seen the, the show. And then my cousin found out and she's like, Yeah, no, you no, you can't talk. You have not seen the show, therefore you don't know what you're talking you about. And like- I was like, What? And I waited for like seven years or something. Ah! I know. I'm, I'm slow. Yeah, I know how you are. Yes. But I finally, like, it, I think it was when it became available on Amazon Prime for the first time, because it was the first time it was available for streaming. Yeah. Yeah. That I was like, all right, fine. I took three days. I watched one book per day and emerged anew. And I have not watched that movie since because I know how bad it is just from watching the show. I've like, watched Ooh. it twice, actually. Once was during lockdown. The second time was during lockdown. Um, when I had to, I just had to see. And it was... Every bit as bad as I remember it. And I feel bad that the people are attached to it. Like that kid, Noah Ringer, you weren't cheerful enough for Aang. The young boy who played This Aang. is bad direction. Yeah. I think. And I love you, M. Knight. I defend you frequently. 
Yeah, I'll defend with him energy for a good for a for lot good of your work. stuff. I won't defend him for that. Um, I'll even defend him for Split, which I think is Split has problems, but it's an yeah. inter- it's an entertaining. Movie. I just yes, think he was exactly. probably just the wrong director for Avatar. I completely agree. I completely agree. I think he yeah. should never have he should never have touched it. Honestly, George we, Lucas would have been a better. We should. Ooh, that would have been interesting. I mean, it would have been interesting. That's my point. We should have just yeah. made him sit down and actually watch the first season of Avatar. <laughs> Grant made a face. Made who sit down? M. Night Shyamalan. We should have just. Oh, made he him. was a fan of the show, which makes it even more terrifying. Oh, how right. It, yes, how exactly. Turned, how it turned out, how it did. Yes, exactly. Yeah. How do you yeah, mess yeah. it up that bad? I don't understand. Something that's inter- like when you were talking. I remember the first time I saw an episode of Avatar The Last Airbender, my friend Shane, um, he's my battle buddy, my hetero life mate, I love you Shane, I'm going to link you in this one. Um, Are you going to tag him? Oh yes, I'm going to tag him. I love him, he's one one of my few battle buddies that I still have a really, really, really strong connection and relation with. We haven't drifted over the past six years. Good. For reasons. Is he also Um, a nerd? Yes. Get oh. on the show! Anyways, yes. Get on the show! Special guest, you come to Michigan, we'll have you. Um, but he, I was, we were living together at the time off base, and I walked through, and I'm like, what are you watching? And I, was, and I can't remember what he, if he actually responded, or just grunted. But I sit down for a minute, and I'm like, mm-hmm, I'm going to watch another episode or two with you. It's like, yes. It's, and like, this is... And of course, I'm a little bit off the beaten path from your stereotypical machismo, crusty, the servicemen. I mean, I might have been a jerk back then, but like I was different still. I want to know what you mean by crusty after the show. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> um, I'll have to think about it. Okay. But still, to, to sit down at the time and watch a kid show. That's exactly. Yes. And I'm not a kid's show. I mean, even now, there are shows that like I'll sit down and watch them. Like, oh, I really like that. Why didn't you watch it when it came out? It just didn't appeal to me right then. Unless you force me to watch a lot of animated things, I'm not going to watch them. Yeah, I'm a big animated person, but. I, I will say that a huge part of that comes from yeah. Avatar: The Last Airbender because it's not like I matured out of animated content. Mm-hmm. I just had. We all do this as adults, yeah. unless you don't. Um, you stop watching animated stuff at some point. But then when I watched Avatar: The Last Airbender again, I was like, "Excuse me." Yeah, I didn't stop. What? That. Well, no, I because that's because that. that's because you watch anime. Yeah, that's because yeah, I, I watch yeah. anime. Most anime fans, I mean, they just they watch anime, especially because yeah. it's more geared towards adults than children. But I, I think yeah, right. what what I was starting to like, I, of course, I I talk too much and talk over. I get to the point. Um, thinking about why he got into it, why I got into it, and why many other adults get into it, because like. People were saying it's more of a kid show. Like, no, this is something like when I... It started as a kid show. It, it started, but I yeah. think even in its original syndication, it quickly became an adult show because people are sitting down. I mean, they're talking about some like, powerful storytelling themes. I mean, you have female empowerment. I mean, if you go like a couple years forward to like... But it, yeah, Katara too. You have um, even Toph Azula. Who, Toph, like, really... Toph, Toph, my queen. The boulder. Um, <laughs> but you have people like Toph. There's um, diversity and inclusion right there because she's she's blind, she's blind. Exactly. and she's probably one of the best benders in the show. I mean, she's ruthless. She's easily the best bender in the show. But then, well, I I want to say for um, and this tap is another topic too. Let's bring up Azula. Azula is Azula's probably she powerful. is top tier villain. But there's a reason that they never pitted Azula against Toph because Toph would have wiped. Azula off the map. She'd have been like, done. She would have just dropped Next, a boulder like, on yeah, her. Yeah, she'd just, just been like, oh, I don't like her. 
and just like pushed right? her off a cliff and then dropped the cliff on her and been like, "Where's the Fire Lord? Let's but, go." You have all these like, well, there's fe- within Azula, there's female empowerment because you you created her as a powerhouse, but it's not. I mean, female empowerment goes to different people. Yeah, yeah, no, that's but true. But something within yeah. even the original Last Airbender show. But then you have the likes of, um, what is it, mental health being tackled. Yeah. Um, through Azula. Through, yes. I mean, it's not not, not, yes. not, not completely addressed, but it's, it's, it's presented. They're yeah, touched. Presented. Yeah, yeah. In, even within Aang a little bit, there's like sadness in those moments. Like when he goes, no, hugely. Um, when he has so much doubt, so much like depression, so much, mm-hmm. and it's not just him, but like everyone has, and that's another beautiful thing about the show. Everyone has their shining moments. Mm-hmm. Everyone. I think what makes that show as good as it is is that they take Western, the the Western storytelling trope of the hero's journey, mm-hmm. and they blend it thoroughly with Eastern philosophy. Which I adore. Which is why, instead of Aang just going, oh, cool, have to kill the Fire Lord, that's what I'm going to do, he stops and goes, wait a minute. Let's contemplate but this. I, I'm not, I'm from the Air Temple, the, the Air Tribe, and my people always taught me that that's not what you do. And also, isn't that why we're fighting the Fire Nation in the first place? And everyone else is like, bruh. They're evil. Kill them. And Zuko's like, yeah, my dad's kind of a waste of space. You can just knock him off. We're good. (laughs) You know, so like everyone else is telling him. And even when he goes back to visit former avatars to talk to them about like, hey, what should I do? The earthbender goes... Knock his butt off a cliff. Well, We're good. Like well, no, I got to do air, it. The What's the big deal? The previous Airbender's like, yeah, take him out. Yeah, right. Yeah, they're all they're all just kind of like, so it's <laughs> fine. Know? Do it. But right. He, but he stands strong in that belief. Yeah, he but does. and that's what sets him sets him apart as the newest Airbender. Like yeah, he's gonna think and just and having that character, it's it's a kind of thing you see this. I mean, we it's not it's not it's not a brand new thing. We've seen this before. Mm-hmm. Harry has a moment, this is why I prefer the book to Deathly Hallows Part 2, but we won't talk about that. We are talking about it. Harry has a moment in the book, in Deathly Hallows, where he says to Voldemort, he says, Tom, think about what you're doing. You don't, it does not have to end like this. But because, but because it's a Western hero's journey set inside of a Western philosophy, like the way that we think about the world, is the driving force, it is automatically assumed that the villain will not change. So it doesn't matter that Harry pleads with him. He's going to do what he wants to do anyway. And so Harry has to take him out. He doesn't really kill him, but, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Luke is insistent. There's good in him. There's good in him. There's good in him. I must change him. I must change him. I must change him. But it's because it's his dad. I mean, you walk up to your dad and slap him around a little bit and be like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to kill you because you're evil. Like, nah, if you, I mean, you know, you, you want to save the guy, right? Yeah. Like, that's the whole draw. This is like him that. wanting to save, like, him wanting to save Ozai is kind of like Luke wanting to save the Emperor. Yeah, it's, it's, it is, it is a little bit more, because this is the guy who killed his entire race. Not just, you know, people he knows or his friends or his, you know, it's every single person that he once was surrounded by. Well, technically, that was Sozin, but... Oh, it was Sozin, wasn't it? Yeah. Because there was um, 
So it was in Azulon. Shoot. Azula was named after Azulon. Oh, yes. Avatar Azulon. Azulon. That's right. Oh, and I then Ozai. It. it was Sozin. Well, technically, yeah. it should have been Iroh. But so, I, yeah, but, well, and Iroh, yes, Iroh played his part. So Ozai is definitely the manifestation yeah. of that. Um, but Aang, the thing that makes it work in Avatar in a way that it doesn't work in, it's not that it doesn't work with Harry and, and Luke, it's just that Aang is 12. And there's something extremely appealing about a 12-year-old stopping and saying, but wait a minute, though. Why are why? <laughs> like he asks that question. He doesn't say I want to save him. He doesn't say, you know, in the very, very end of the thing, mm-hmm. like, hey, you should stop. No, he stops before he even enters the battle and says, Yeah, I know I've spent all this time training to do this, but like, how is that gonna bring balance? I don't think that's the right thing to do. And then sticks to that principle even as they go into battle. It's mm-hmm. it's a huge um mind bending Thing. Imagine, if you will, you have to, I have to do this because I'm, you know, the person that I am. And stories reflect us right, right. as a society. So imagine any one person before going into a voting booth for 2024 election, if Donald Trump's name is on the election, it, on the ballot. Imagine any one of us stopping and saying, hmm, yeah, he's a human being, though. Just thinking it. Not even like, just thinking it. You don't have to have lunch with him. You don't have to go to his White House. You don't have to, none of it, right? But just stopping and thinking to yourself, yeah, he's a jerk, but he's human. It alters the chemistry of the brain. It necessarily alters the chemistry of the brain, which is why Aang matters so much to entire generations of people. That's why Korra can never replace Aang in so many people's hearts because Korra is not that girl. Korra looks at a threat and goes, yeah, I can beat it. And does. Like, she just walks up to it and is like, nah. She's not like today. the point me, not at today, the, son. point me at the threat. I'll take <laughs> she, care of it. Yeah, like, okay. she's, a bit, like, she's a bit too hot. Like, if we're going to compare oh, yeah. the two a little bit, like, I'm not going to say who I think is more powerful. I think it's a, few, it's a facile argument. Like, yeah. What's the big deal? Right? Um, They're the same person. Literally. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have my thoughts on who would win if, like, the two of them somehow could have some weird fantasy matchup, but that's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Um, But, like, she is very headstrong to the point of, like, dumb sometimes. Cora. Oh, sure. I love you. I, you know. Yeah, she's blockheaded. But you are, and she is so, she's more of a firebender than she ever, because she's born a waterbender, technically born in the the Southern Water Tribe. Mm -hmm. Um. But she has more of those things that we've come to know, the personality of more firebending. I think that's why Korra, the storytelling in Legend of Korra appeals to me so much more. Mm-hmm. I love Avatar Last Stand Ranger for all of the, for the what it does with that hero's journey thing. Yeah. You know, all of I just that I just said about Aang, that's why I love that show. I think that's why so many, so many people love that show. It's mm-hmm. endearing, it sticks with you, it it changes you. It necessarily changes you. Korra, as a story, attempts to tell itself, if that makes sense. It doesn't start with a, a, it starts with a clean slate, really. And I love, even when they fumble, I love watching them fumble. Like, I'm just like, oh, oh, that's such a goof. How are you going to get out of this? How are you going to, oh, you didn't quite get out of that. But you know what? 
it was kind of fun watching that psychotic airbender run off with Cora for, <laughs> for half a season and implant her with metal. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's still a wonky I have, thing, but I, I really love it though. Like, right. I mean, that's the, as, yes. as much as I will argue about how he, Zahir, yeah. got to be such a powerful airbender that quick, I'm like, yeah. I don't agree with that. That was a misstep. Yeah. However, it was still a top tier exciting episode. And which, Although can I we. Feel like it, I gotta throw some respect to, sorry, to Tenzin. The son of Avatar Aang from the first series. Yes, he's he's the son is in the next one, and he's the at the time the only airbending master in the world. Right, because everybody else is children. Um, (laughs) And he's he's kind of treated as a little bit of a joke here and there, like a wise person, but kind of like living under the burden of being Aang's son, which actually shows you a lot about the spirituality of the time in which Mm -hmm. they're living. Most benders don't have a spiritual alignment, which is one of the reasons that Tenzin yeah. is like, Avatar Korra, you have to understand that this is a part of your journey. And she's like, but bruh, I'm strong. I can bend four elements. What can you do? And it's just like... But it's like in that episode... Oh, shut up, Korra. <laughs> but it's like in that episode, you remember Tenzin holding his own against the Order of the Red Lotus? Like, dude went to town just like... Just Tenzin. Just one man against these four, yeah. and they, whatever about Zahir, the others are three masters of their respective, uh, oh, ways of bending. Yeah, and he's taken up. He's like just mopping the floor with them. And even Zahir is really on the defensive most of that fight. It was only due to a few lucky shots mm-hmm. near the conclusion that they finally knock him out. But see, this is what I mean about the storytelling in Korra. Because they don't have a map the way that they did with hero, the, the, the hero's journey of the Avatar yeah. Last Airbender, they make huge power-level mistakes, which is why the show is hard for people to accept. Okay, that's fair. Because, for example, when Zuko faces off against them to keep them from releasing one of their number out of, out of jail, Zuko's terrible in that fight. And I'm like... You're not going to tell me that old man firebender Zuko is going to lose a fight to anybody. I don't care what yeah. kind of... Are you kidding? Right. This is Zuko. Like, he, even as aged as he was, he, he definitely... He should have taken a couple of them out at the very is least. Iroh's nephew. Really? Like, I mean, nah. really, at the end of like, the... <laughs> can the, I... Mm. Just for the sake of Zuko, who's probably one of the best character arcs in the the, the last Airbender, like his arc was so great, Incredible. and I loved his character development. Yeah. Season finale, I think the the series finale for Last Airbender was probably one of the best. Oh yeah, it's two parts. Finales, right? two three. Part. Oh, three parts. Three parts. Yeah. It's, well, I'm it gonna. Is, it's gonna be one. It it's is. gonna be one episode for me. I'm never gonna watch. Yeah, oh, yeah. thirty minutes. Yeah, oh. no, no, no. You watch the whole thing. Oh my god, it is literally probably one of the best finales in television. I like agree. I would say it is the best in television. I, I didn't want to be that bold, but no, uh, I, would, I will echo I will, it, yes. I will be that bold. It is fantastic. No serious every, finales. Every, every st- story is, is tied up perfectly it's, how it needs to be. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would put the season finale to um, Clone Wars right up under it. Cause, I still haven't seen it. Ahsoka, Ahsoka, Ahsoka. That's all I have to say. Anyway, um, but yes, Aang and so. I was I was watching a thing where they uh, where some of the creators talked about like just the extra mile they went in like the animation 
Oh, I can imagine. In, in yeah. the final episodes, mm -hmm. like with the fire and stuff. Oh, yeah. They it's just, gorgeous. They just wanted everything to look perfect. Yeah, it's gorgeous. And that's what I mean by, like, in Legend of Korra, you know, one of the things that you know about Zuko in that final, those final episodes of Avatar The Last Airbender is that he goes up against Azula, who has lost her mind. She's pretty powerful when she's sane. But she's psychotic by the time that she faces Zuko and should be able to wipe him out. But because he's so centered, mm -hmm. because his spiritual alignment is so pure, he is able to really, I mean, unlock a whole new... I get so angry with naysayers. He got help from Katara in that episode. I'm like, the only reason he needed help from Katara is because he saved Katara's life. Yeah, right. It was an even exchange. When I tell, listen, let's let's be clear. Let us be clear. Mm -hmm. Katara is Banff. Okay, like when the, there's a there's a moment in the first episode of Legend of Korra when all of the men are all like running around talking about, oh my gosh, she's out of control, blah blah blah. Katara's first words of the show are. She's strong. With a big smile on her face, like, yeah. Like, because, you know, Katara. Did you leave us, Aaron? No! I didn't have the door open. Maybe we just won't have a, um, a snack this time. We might not have one. That's all right. I mean, we could invent one based off, based off of Avatar. Maybe more like a death match. I don't know. Let's, I well, let's, just, let's, just say, let's just say what, what we'll try to figure out what um, element we would be. You know? That's actually a question I had down here. All right, um, go. What's your element? I think realistically I would love to be air. However, I think I'm earth. Interesting. Okay. Aaron's also earth. Grant? I would go with air. And I think if I yeah, were to take a test, I might, I might get air. But I haven't taken one of those tests, so I don't know. I could see you as an airbender. Um... I think that I would be a very frustrated waterbender for a long time until they figured out <laughs> how to be better. Um, yeah, I would never be a Katara level waterbender, I don't think. Well, maybe I would. I think actually that's true. I think I, I would be a Katara level waterbender, but you know how Katara has a moment where she's really struggling because she does, she's never had a teacher? That would that I feel like would be would echo an early part of my own journey of yeah. being a waterbender of just like I really want to do this but I can't figure it out I really want to do this but I can't figure it out and then you know of course she meets her first waterbending instructor and he's a sexist jerk so she fights him <laughs> Gramp Gramp yeah right because of course that's the show that we're talking about it's fantastic well yeah sexism too sexism too there's right? another. Yeah, throughout that, there's so many different things. And she like, literally slaps him in the face with water and is like, really, bro? Take me on. And I'm like, that is how we treat sexism, young ladies. That is what we do. You, you slap the sexist in the face and you say, come at me, bro. So, you know. I hope y'all are listening. Slap a sexist in the face yes, today? Slap yeah, slap a sexist in the face today. Just do <laughs> um, it away from cameras because we... I voted no on Prop 3. <laughs> oh. Hashtag too soon, too real. Um, but no, like I, I hope anyone listening to this who hasn't yet watched Avatar The Last Airbender and Avatar The Legend of Korra. Um, also, too, 
there are some wonderful comics and novels in yeah. that we have several of several in our collection. I have some of the novels, yeah. We don't have the graphic novels, um, but I need to change that. But I, I, yeah, definitely need to get them. Um, yeah, because they're very, very good. And if if what we don't have, there's Melcat. Ah, gosh, it's so great. But the man, we really talked about oh, yeah. Aang a lot this time. Well, I mean, we we. I, I wanted to lean a little bit in, into both. Actually, the opening question, so Team Gang or Team Korra? <laughs> I never got an answer. You mean Team Avatar. Gang's kind of funny, though. No, 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 no. The, 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 they call themselves Team Avatar in the second No, I, I know, I know. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, yeah, or Team yeah. Boomerang. Or yes, team... exactly, Team Boomerang or team, team, yeah, Avatar, yeah. Oh, we didn't even get to Bolin and Mako. Does anybody have any favorite episodes? I have other... The Great Divide. Great Divide, which is that one again? The one that no one remembers. Well, if you remind me, my, my favorite... Oh, remember when they... I'm sorry. The little spiders and they need the, the Earthbending Master to help them across the canyon? Oh, yeah, that's a great episode. That's a fantastic Or Oh, wait, episode. is that... Um, hold on. Let me make sure. I, I think that's it. Which one is... Yeah, I think that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a great episode. Yours? The two-part library episode. Desert <gasps> Library with the Owl. You are an airbender. Yeah. Really, really that actually inspires that a lot of my... When, when he figures out the prophecy at the end and then the whole library starts, <laughs> starts to sink. <laughs> yes, and even Toph can't save it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fantastic episode. I Well, she has... Two arc episodes. Gotta defend her. Because she's trying to hold she the tried. library up and fight people at the same time. I know. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> even she can't. Um, yeah. My favorite Avatar The Last Airbender episode, it is... I don't... It just... Every time is the drill episode because that's when Aang really just. I mean, you see him do when they're drilling into a passing say, Yeah, you see okay. him bend in a way you just haven't seen him do before, and especially because he's struggled with earthbending. Oh, it was just so fun watching him face off against Azula and like take out that drill. And like that, cl- the th- that's the thing the difference between Korra and Aang's airbending to me, she always relies upon power. And because she has so much of it, it often is enough to get her out of situations until it isn't. Aang is clever and extremely creative. So when he goes to take out that drill, even though he's under siege, it's one tiny little slice of air. That's all he needs to really take it out. Like, he like, drills a little rock and then he takes out, boom, takes out the drill. And I'm just like, that is so, that's genius. That's an avatar. Like, that, yeah, don't get me started. I don't know my favorite episode. Of Korra? Of, no, of Aang. Of, you just said it was The Great Divide! I was joking. I hate okay. that episode. Wait, what? It's it's I one of my least favorite episode. episodes. Um, oh, thank you. I think I have a lot of favorite episodes in Aang, but like. You want to know actually one of my least favorite episodes, but it is most people's that I've talked to? Hmm. Tales of Boston Say. That's <gasps> my second favorite. I know. That's, that's I one know. of my top three. Mm-hmm. I know. Everyone loves it, and I'm not saying that I don't. But that's what a fill- I think what it stands. Something people have to recognize too. If you're gonna have a filler episode, do that's episode. how you do a filler yeah, episode. That's how you do a filler. Um, like maybe you don't Anime. like it because it doesn't ad- advance the story as much as you want. Oh, I don't care about that. I just think it's boring. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, so- I'm sorry.